We walk in your ways. We sit at your table. We walk in your ways. We sit at your table. These are the prayers that bring us home with Ramona Garcia and Gay Slamka. This is John Garland. We're exploring the Psalms, this ancient prayer book of the Bible that teaches a spiritual vocabulary for healing, for resilience, for praise. The prayers that bring us home. The Psalms are Jesus's prayer book and we pray them communally each day with him and with our small group and with the cloud of pilgrims around the world today and with the cloud of pilgrims back through the many centuries. And we pray these Psalms with you. We're glad you joined us. Gay and I are gonna chat a little bit about two Psalms today, both Psalm 128 and Psalm 129. We're still in the Psalms of the Sense, these pilgrim songs. Ah, these Psalms could not be more different. How do you, how would you describe our coupling today? Uh, I would say that they're pretty opposite of each other, John. <laughs> one is a blessing and one is a curse. And we're not doing this to save time. We're not like coupling the two Psalms together just because they're short. But, but why, but like, why should folks listen to these two Psalms? Um, because you know what, John, that's reality of life. Yeah. We, we have, life is hard. And in that hardness and difficulty, we can open our eyes to see the blessings that are around us. Yeah, that's wonderful. Let's begin with this distilled prayer that, that really is an eye opener, just like that gay, at the focusing on the way and the table. Then we'll listen to both Psalms 128, 129, these, these hymns, these songs that the pilgrims would sing going to Jerusalem. And then gay, we'll come back and have um, a conversation about uh, these two. We walk in your ways. We sit at your table. Psalm 128, a song of ascents. Blessed is everyone who fears Yahweh, who walks in his ways. When you eat the fruit of the labor of your hands, you will be happy and it will go well for you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house, your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, for so shall a man who fears Yahweh be blessed. Yahweh bless you from Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Indeed, May you see your children's children. Shalom be upon Israel. Psalm 129, a song of ascents. Many times they have attacked me from my youth up. Let Israel say, many times they have attacked me from my youth up, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back, they lengthen their furrows. The Lord is righteous. He has cut up the ropes of the wicked. May all who hate Zion be put to shame and turn backward. May they be like grass upon the housetops, which withers before it grows up, with which the harvester does not fill his hand, or the binder of sheaves his arms, nor do those 
who pass by say, The blessing of Yahweh be upon you. We bless you in the name of Yahweh. Amen. So here we are in Psalm 128 and Psalm 129. Still, so, um, we're in the Songs of Ascents. These are the going up, ascending the mountain of Zion, the pilgrim songs. Um, the, the groups of people would sing these songs, uh, caravans, families um, going up to Jerusalem to celebrate the, the feasts. Um, and uh, But gay, these two psalms feel so, so different. We were doing them together because of the balancing act. Um, what's your first reaction to Psalm 128 and Psalm 129? Um, this lovely kind of rosy psalm and then this really <laughs> sort of dark cursing psalm. I um, know. Um, you know, I kind of find these a little baffling. Um, psalm 128 is, is very rosy. And Psalm 129 um, is the opposite. Um but I honestly, John, I really did not feel the depth in these two Psalms that I normally do. And so that's kind of telling me, you know what, you're missing something. <laughs> There's probably something there that's much deeper and I'm just missing it. But what I do love about Psalm 128 is these two lines that you heard in the mantra. Um who walks in his way and then around your table. And, and those aren't little things when I think about it. Walking in the way of God, the way of Christ is not an easy thing. Um, and it's not something done alone. And we know that the pilgrims, as they were making this journey, were gathered together walking together and then would be around a table together too. And I don't know, just the more that I um, journey, make my own journey in my faith, it's through the power of being together that really brings the blessings to my journey. It, um, Yeah, that's that's my those are my first thoughts about Psalms Psalm 128. Yeah, Psalm 128 this 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 blessing that's so powerful gay to to pull out that that unity is that connection is being with others, journeying with others, walking in the way with others. Um I I think it's possible that you can read this psalm and get a little riled up with maybe what you could interpret as paternalistic imagery. Here's <laughs> it's uh, the center of this is the man and the man is doing really good kind of kicking back had worked really hard is now eating of that labor um and then around are bustling all the kids this wife who's had all these kids and um I think that that, that might uh, rile some folks and 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 maybe trigger thoughts of of injustice or thoughts of yeah. of um, maybe experiences of of oppression or maybe even experiences of a a difficult father. Um, 
I, which is, I mean, that's there. I mean, that's that's real. But I think if the early Christian church, whenever you have this image of a wife, the church would always identify with, oh, that's us. So you like, for instance, the early Christian church is the favorite, the most quoted book in the Hebrew scriptures in the early, early Christian church is the romance book, Song of Solomon. And they're seeing themselves as the wife. And again, you know, for, for Christians, the way is such an important word. So the first verse is those who walk in the way, the Derek, that's their name. And then there's this image of a wife who bears fruit, which is the same, the same idea that Jesus gives us. It's like, you are the vine and you are bearing fruit. And then there's the image of the table. And again, you're like being, they're going to Jerusalem for Passover. They're going to sit at the table. Um, and, And Jesus says, this is my table. This is you. I want you to come to this table. I want you to partake of the fruit of the vine. Um, and then, and then you will become you know, fruit bearing. So we can also read it in that way as we are, we are, when we choose to fear Yahweh, then we step into this blessing of a way and, um, uh, a, a sacred matrimony that makes us a part of God's fruit bearing. Um, and then, then we get to see this blessing from Zion all the days of your life. Indeed, you'll see the, your children's children. And what a gift. I mean, what a gift. I'm still, you know, the parent of, of teenage girls. And I, and I pray that I get to witness this. I can see the grandparents and their joy. Um, but this shalom. But I also, it also like, this can also rile us up a little bit. of It's like, it's not that easy. Just Absolutely. trusting in Yahweh does not get you to lovely grandparenting, right? No, no. Just trusting in Yahweh does not get you all these blessings. And so that's also sort of hurtful. Now, this is a this is a genre of Hebrew scripture, uh, which, which is called wisdom literature. And it says, essentially, uh, the, way we, the way we read it is, if you do this, then this will happen. But right. more, more poetically, it's do this. And it's most probable that this will happen. So if you trust in Yahweh, you will most probably be able to experience this. But Psalm 129, and it's set right there intentionally, reminds us that, whoa, this world is scary. It's brutal. There are constant attacks. And what do we do with this? Um, yeah. How do you react to Psalm 129? It's it's really... Oh. It's a terror. It's okay. It I'm, I'm, is, and the verse three is really harsh. Yes, um, I mean, the plowers plowed up on my back. They lengthened their furrows. I mean, uh, yeah, that's you know, I can't help but see the image of pictures of slaves who had suffered beatings horrible beatings that left scars on their back um and yet that is balanced with the next verse the lord is righteous he has cut up the ropes of the wicked so even in this horrendous horrible picture of cruelty from others 
we know that God sees it and he, God is the only one who can destroy those ropes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. And so powerful to put those two images together. As I understand it, and I'm not a great historian, but the Assyrian Empire would do some sort of torture that was like this. Um, It involves like plows and it involves the captives um, roped and chained down. And it's like this brutal, nasty. So this this the singers of this song would know of that in the same way the Syrians, I believe invented um sort of the proto crucifixion they also had this um horrific torture and so that's in the psyche of the people yeah. um and then also this image of the of the ropes i think i think the i think of the songs of ascent the pilgrim songs in sort of like our christmas carols yeah um, they would sing them all the time and sing them yeah. in the right season and everyone has them memorized and you have some Christmas carols that are like Silent Night, the baby isn't even crying, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that Psalm one, that's Psalm one twenty eight. And then you've got yeah. like in the bleak midwinter, you know, yeah. Or you've got low how a rose are blooming, and you're talking about the death of the children or the Coventry Carol. I mean, it was just really, really uh, reminding us of the brutality of this um, yeah. world. And then, and then this psalm ends in a curse. Yeah, it's a it's a big bad curse. <laughs> it's a big bad curse, and and I I don't know how to it's it's a hard thing to end on, but it also it almost ends on a you will not get this blessing, like you're you're you, those who pass you by are not going to say this to you, and then it ends with the blessing. You're not going to hear the blessing of Yahweh be upon you, bless you in the yeah. name of Yahweh. You won't hear that, and yet it leaves the tension of there is that blessing out there. Um, exactly. Those who turn away from Zion, hate Zion, you, you still, there still is a blessing um, that's, that's hanging there in the, in the air. Um, I don't know. How, how's, what's your reaction to this ending? I this- just love the way you just described that with that blessing hanging there in the air um, up against, they're not going to hear it because it's, oh, it kind of reminds me of the, they do not have ears to hear or eyes to see. Um, you know, there, there's more to these Psalms. Just like I said at the beginning, I wasn't seeing it, but then there, there is something very deep in even these little Psalms that seem to not have very much on for, on the surface and i love it that as we discuss it there the depth of it is opened up a little bit more to me yeah yeah and uh, the other thing i love about this is this we have just we have just traversed the whole spectrum of human emotions and wow. in just a few verses, we've gone from I am home, I am safe, I am loved, to I hate, I want to tear down, I want to curse, and yeah. all those things in between. And and really one of the most important things that I think happens in these ancient prayers is we don't we're not left with a sense of, oh, I get it now. 
we're left with a sense of open, revealing everything in my heart, God, here I am. And I think that that opening of our of our emotions, that that opening that of our minds and our this human experience of the world is so vital to do with others and to do um, humbly before God. That that what what's what's the word for that? It's like spiritual vulnerability. Yes. Yeah. That leads to a deeper relationship, a deeper communion. Oh man, the next Psalm, I'm so excited about Psalm 130. It's going to be really, it's just a lovely one, but we will, we'll do that tomorrow. That sounds wonderful. Thanks, Gay. Thank you, John. We walk in your ways. We sit at your table. We walk in your ways. We sit at your table. We walk in your ways. We sit at your table. Isn't it amazing to pray with the Messiah? these ancient prayers. They were held by an enslaved people through the horrific exile in Babylon and crafted and organized and woven together into this prayer book to heal an entire nation and and the whole world. These prayers that Jesus used and lived into and unveiled and gave to us, gave to all of us through the centuries to pray together These are the prayers that bring us home. Well, blessings, you all. We'll see you tomorrow. And until then, may the peace of Christ walk with you on your long journey home. We are all going home.